Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You're listening to a new episode of the Locked Down Podcast with Kayla Williams and Taylor Parsons. Cybersecurity encompasses so many facets of business risk. Wrapping your head around it can be overwhelming and stressful. Join us to learn how to tie cybersecurity strategy to overall corporate objectives and best business practices while gaining an understanding of technical and non-technical approaches to security and privacy, regardless of tenure in the field. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Hey, welcome to today's episode of Lockdown with Kayla and Taylor. A little bit of a background change for Kayla and I, but we know it's been some time since Kayla and I were able to record and get an episode out. Today we're going to discuss what's happened since RSA conference, things that have been going on, and a couple of topics surrounding what's really been going on. And I think, Kayla, I think you'd agree, but much needed conversation around the people in the industry and the current status of what people feel like, what people look like. So it's been a little bit longer than a month and a half since RSA conference. We both came back and we apologize for the absence. We'll talk about a couple of those things. But before we kick off, Kayla, anything that you want to bring up before we, we dive in and, and talk about life? Yeah, I just think it's really important that as an industry, as professionals, but more importantly, as human beings, that we talk about mental health, physical health, and just overall well-being of each other, of ourselves, and really recognize when we have reached that tipping point or about to, and, and knowing that there are people out there that care for us, whether it's colleagues or family or friends and who you can reach out to. And maybe it's not the same person for, this, for the same things, but finding that rock, that, that shoulder to lean on is really important. I think we're all at a point, at, at some point in another, where we need someone else, we need an outlet. And it's important to recognize that. 100%. Outlets are, they're huge. They're completely under undervalued. I know from my experience, one, being a male, two, being a veteran, mental health is something that's a bit polarizing for people that, that fit my veteran status, veteran male status, right? Men don't really like to be vulnerable. They don't like to talk about things that are weighing on them or really talk through things at certain times. I think that everyone gets to a point where they really have to find that balance of getting that outlet, whether it's a person, whether it's the gym, whether it's sports, whether it's playing darts. There are all sorts of things that that people find solace in that really help bring back joy in their lives. And I think as an industry, we often cover up things like burnout and depression, uh, performance anxiety, or even little things such as like FOMO. I think the Slack, FlowDoc, Cisco Jabber culture has really created a fear of missing out type mentality. And I think that ultimately that has a large precedent on current mental health and the way that as professionals we conduct ourselves in the industry. It's amazing for me. I know that I haven't taken a real vacation and you're probably going to cry, but I haven't taken a real vacation without taking my laptop or anything since 2014. 
Yeah, that's not okay. Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of hits on some of the challenges that we hear about, right? Is that unplugging and being away and feeling that we are the only ones that can can save the day, that we have so much knowledge and ex- expertise in certain domains, or we're the go-between with our customers, our executive team, our employees, our peers, and being able to step away is so important. My last real vacation was August of 2021, and that was with no laptop. That was it. <laughs> and I feel it. So I can only imagine how you feel and how your family feels. Yeah. And I think that I think that's also one of the hidden dangers is we don't talk about the family aspect, yeah. right? Mental health for me is something that I've struggled with all my life. You know, I, my, between my upbringing, my military experience, my, my personal adult life, mental health has always been one of those things that I avoided just because of the way that I was raised. Not, I think everyone deserves mental health help. But for me, like it was just, it was always an active choice to avoid it. And I think that there's a lot of people that have that same mentality that as an industry, as leaders, as people leaders, as product leaders, as cybersecurity leaders, we have to change that culture. And I do see a big revolution with some of the younger generation, some of the older generation that's burnt out and really stepped away from security and they're doing hobbies like woodworking or flying drones that they're coming back and they're saying, hey, this is really important. We really have to talk about this. Yeah. I, for me, I think the the hobbies that I started to do in lockdown, it was really nice to actually be like, oh, okay, I can't go anywhere. So I might as well start working out. I might as well start cooking. Like one of those, uh, what was it? Like the coffee with the instant coffee and the foam. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> I did that. I didn't bake bread because I didn't have any yeast anywhere, but I started to do little things for me and it was really nice. And now we're getting further removed from that and it's okay. Now I'm back in work mode and it's constant. I'm on my phone at four o'clock in the morning because, you know, I wake up and I go, oh my God, what's going on? Let me check because we're a global company and that leaves like my subconscious just doesn't never turns off. And I think that's a big contributor. So I just was this morning, actually over a cup of coffee, was asking my husband, like, do you want to learn tennis? Because it's a club around the corner from our house that's offering summer lessons. And he's like, we bought pickleball for Christmas. And he's like, we haven't learned it yet. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And so it's, it's always this intention. And it's actually the getting started part that I think is really, it's a roadblock for a lot of people. Because it's okay finding the time, making the commitment to do it consistently over time. And then things happen and you just, it's hard to stay in that, in that mindset. For me, since RSA, we had a death in the family. There was a lot of traveling and my husband's English. He was going back and forth. I went back and forth with him for the services. End of school year things for my kids has been unbelievable. Oh my gosh. Like, Scheduling everything for that last two weeks, like their band concerts, and then that was like the district. Then there's one for just the school, and then there's like the promotion from fifth to sixth grade, which sixth grade is junior high here. Kindergarten promotion to first grade. It's oh my goodness, just give me some time to just chill out and decompress and not be 
rushing around and feeling that pressure because I feel pressure at work, I, which is normal. That is absolutely normal yeah. to feel some pressure. And we're not saying that there is no such thing as pressure or that there shouldn't be. Feeling pressure at work, feeling pressure to be a parent, a friend, a spouse, a child, ourselves, it can become a lot. And then I don't know if it's the same for all people, for being a woman that I was born in the mid to late 80s. Growing up, it was always like, make sure everyone else is okay. Put everyone, I was conditioned to put everyone else first, just based on societal norms of the time. And letting go of that obligation is really difficult and it comes at my own expense. 100%. I agree with you. I see that with my wife a lot too, right? It's everyone else, even outside of the family. She she has her social circles. She's actually joined my football organization. She's the secretary. So oh. she's on our board of directors. So she gives to, to that social circle as well. And she gives to the kids and she gives to me. And I, I've been going through a lot. And she looked at me the other day and she was like, you know what? I just, I need a break. And I was like, I get it. Like, I, I get it. What yeah. can I do? Like, how can I give you this break? Do you want a pedicure? Do you want to go get a massage? Do you yeah. just want to go lay out at the pool? And she's like, but if I do that, what about the kids? What about you? What if you're busy in meetings and you can't make lunch? Or what if you've got to pick the football players up? Or our daughter who leaves for Taekwondo Nationals here in just a couple of days, yeah. you know, what if she needs to get picked up from Taekwondo camp or if she needs some gear or something, it's no, oh, you've got to go take that break. So it's funny. Finally, yesterday, she was able right before the storms came in, she was able to go lay out on the back deck and we have a, her and I have a great relationship and she's, she's like, I'm not really comfortable. It's a little warm out. So I went to the refrigerator mm -hmm. and I took the ice bucket out. And while she was getting sun on her back, I dumped the entire ice bucket into our little pool because one of her things, her mental health things is she likes to rearrange. She likes to change things to change the perception of what reality is and her concept and grasp of things. Yeah. So I, I poured the ice on her and then several water fights ensued after that. But it was a really good time. And her just being able to lay on the back deck and be able to read for a little bit un unhinged from any child, from any need, knowing that I was inside, I was taking care of the kids. And then I was out there with her and we were just able to exist for, I think it was 15, 20 minutes, but it was still, it was, it was really good. Yeah, it's important. And I think one of the things that is really a challenge for some people, and you mentioned at the beginning, is raising your hand and saying, I need help. Or I need a minute. Like not even I need help. I just need a minute. And I see that at work with some of the people that I've managed in the past. I've managed teams ranging from just one direct report up to 30 direct report. Well, through my management right. panels. And it's you as a line manager, people manager, whatever you want to call yourself, you have to recognize that people exhibit their stress in different ways. And you are responsible and accountable for ensuring that you are at least acknowledging that someone's struggling. You, you can't save them all, right? It's not like it's on the line manager, be like, okay, you need a vacation, take time off. No, but it's just saying, hey, do you need help? Hey, can I help delegate some of your tasks out? Or would you like someone to assist you with that? And offering those, those resources, even a book. I've had someone offer to send me a book on, on mental health and how to better manage all of that stuff. And it's helpful. There are times when I'm like, yes, 
I need help. There are other times where I'm like, you know what, if you need that, what am I dropping? What's dropping from my plate? Because I cannot take anymore. Right. Or what is it? Like my cup is over full. There's no room. So what else, what's going to, what's going to slide off and leaving that up to my peers or my, my direct management to tell me because I can't do it all. And my team can't do it all. And trying to be that line of defense there is I think stressful in itself. Right. Like it's, but I want to make sure that I'm at least advocating for my team and myself in those situations. No, 100%. And I think that your ability to recognize, right, is wonderful. Unfortunately for me, like, I don't recognize it. I take on and I take on and I take on. And eventually it gets to a point where it was with me after RSA where I just shut down. Like my body just, it gave out. So I ended up in the hospital, found out I have a fractured spine and two of the discs, I guess, in my spinal column have been fractured and they've been fractured for some time. And I'd been trying to figure out why I hadn't been able to really work out in the gym or even at RSA, it was, you notice like it was really hard for me to walk around and to be upright the entire time. And it was really hard to just be a, be normal. It yeah. impacted coaching. It impacted what I was able to do with my kids because my football players, I love working out with them. And then Mackenzie, I love going out there, holding her pads, whatever she can do. And it's just a hurt and a hurt. And I ended up getting MRI and ultrasound and everything. And that diagnosis, it helped, but it also, it really took a toll on my mental health being told like, no, like you've got to stop, like you're seriously injured. And then you know, finding out there were other things going on, like sleep apnea that were contributing to mental health. And the doctor was like, when, when was your last vacation? Like, when did you close the laptop and not open it? And having to be honest with him and, and myself, like, oh, like it was before my wife and I ever got together. Yeah. And but think about what that does to your wife and your kids, too. So that now has compounded that stress once you've realized that. And it feels like it's cyclical or that it's compounding and it doesn't end. And I think you and I have had a few conversations over the past month regarding this exact topic and our situations and things that are going on at home, at work, with our respective lives. And we have each other. And what I would really like for everyone who is listening to this today, uh, please find that person for you. I speak to my husband every single day, but he also doesn't work in technology. So he doesn't understand. So when I say I feel really stressed out, my brain hurts, I'm burnt out. Oh my God, I, I deal with this. Just, oh my God, the level of stupid I deal with some days and blah, who doesn't understand yep. where I have friends in the industry who do. And Taylor, you are one of those confidants for me that I know I can talk to and I can say, here's exactly everything that happened today. And and we'll dump it at you. I wouldn't say on you. I spew it in your direction, if you will. And you validate it. Or, and this I think is the key part that I think some people are afraid of is you tell me when I'm wrong. And you say, no, that reaction was not appropriate. Like you're adding too much stress to yourself. This is not something you should be doing or, oh, I would have handled it differently. And you keep me in check. 
And I think that's a very valuable part of the relationship dynamic that you and I have, where we both have been in these shoes for a very long time. We both have the large family stress. We did it for ourselves. What were we thinking? Um, But we can be honest with each other. And I really implore every person to find that that individual, and it could be your spouse, if they understand, it could be a a parent, a sibling, a friend, it could, it's anyone, even a colleague that you've never actually met in person, but you work with and you talk on Slack every single day. And they just like your work spouse, as they call it, (laughs) or whatever, it is just so important to have that, that sounding board, it's cathartic. And I know that after I talk to you, or any of my other friends who are in this industry that understand, I feel better. Does it solve all my problems? No, but it takes that weight off my shoulders and it gives me that outlet. And please, if you don't have someone, find that individual and for your own good and for your for the people that are around you as well, because they'll notice a difference that you're not carrying that around. 100%. That's one of those hard things, right? Because my grandmother says that certain people are placed in your lives to serve certain purposes, right? My grandmother is a very Southern lady. She's got sayings for everything. So I I think that not only is it good on the professional side of things, but I think that you also need someone who's not afraid to call you out personally. And most times I don't think it's best served as your spouse. (laughs) Yeah, okay, maybe not. (laughs) But I do, I I have friends that, a friend in particular, we actually coach together. I know that I can go to him any subject personally as a man because he's also a veteran i'd be like hey i just really need to talk through this and he'll be like dude you were wrong like you were so far off third base that it's not even funny because you might as well have been florida playing lsu last night go tigers national champions but you've got to have that in aspects of your life to be successful in every area i was watching a video I think it was, I know it was a college coach. I'm struggling to remember which college. I feel like he was wearing a Navy shirt. Could have been Army, unfortunately. But (laughs) you know that Marine pride never leaves. He said, success is the most unloyal thing in the world. And he goes into a really deep conversation about how you have to actively work hard to be successful in components of your life. Winning may come, losing will come, right? And if you're not trying to be successful, you are actively failing. Regardless of the wins here and there, ultimately you're going to end up failing. And for some reason that just clicked. And I think that whenever you start talking about things clicking and you were talking about the cyclical nature is if we can get ahead of some of the things that we're dealing with mentally, the impact that it has to the physical nature of your body. You're talking about the stress relief and having conversations, being able to reduce that stress. It does, it lightens your load. It makes it easier for those of us that work at home to to walk out of the office and have a different conversation. We're not carrying that water anymore. And I think, you know, for me, separating that boundary, even though I have a really bad time of wanting to go work in the living room or go work on the back deck, Being able to have a physical barrier that, Mm -hmm. no, I leave, you know, the water in this, in this room, and I deal with the water in the well outside of this room differently. Those stress levels are different and I can have different physical reactions. 
Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that you and I have talked about a lot recently is how do we keep each other in check and those around us, but what can we do on ourselves? And we've talked about being more like physical, like even just going for a walk. If you go, if the gym is your thing, then you go to the gym. If it's a workout at home, then whatever. I actually, I have a, it's funny we talk about this. I have a treadmill that's right next to me. It's one of the ones that just looks like the conveyor belt, but because my desk rises and it goes under my desk. And when I would have time in between meetings, I used to pop on it for 20 minutes read through whatever I could or just take that 20 minutes. And I haven't done that in so long. I'm like looking at my sneakers on top of it, like all dusty. That's one of the things I've committed to myself is like going back on there and then sleep. Like yesterday I was in bed at 6.30. I kid you not. I actually physically crawled into my bed at 6.30, left my laptop downstairs, crawled into bed, put on criminal minds because what girl doesn't like those thrillers. And I just laid there. And it was glorious and it wasn't sleep, but it was rest. And it was watching something that, yes, you have to, if you really want to think about who's doing it, sure. But it's something I can just put on. It's there. If I want to scroll through Twitter or whatever, insert social media here, I can do that. But it was just the first time I'd done that. And guess what? My kids are fine. My husband's fine. The dogs are fine. Everyone was fed and everything. It was fine. And work was fine. Yeah, work was fine. Yeah, my God, nothing burned to the ground. There was no, I was expecting to wake up to something and there was nothing. And that was, I think, the first time in a long time where I was like, oh, okay. There isn't a consequence for taking care of myself and just needing that, like, that time out. And that's just, it's important. To, and I know you said you can't really recognize it in yourself yet. I've told you, and I'm sure your cam has as well, and your kids have. It'd be like, chill out. Yep. But I recognized that I needed the I needed to remove myself <laughs> and just be alone. And it was definitely something for me as prioritizing my mental health, making sure I got the rest and sleep that I needed, making sure that I'm going to put my physical health first and go back on the treadmill or take pickleball lessons, which there aren't any near me. So it's YouTube to teach myself and my husband how to play and carving out that time. I hate the saying like, oh, there's 24 hours in a day. How are you spending each hour? I think that's very unfair because some people just need six hours to just chill where other people can do something and constantly be going. It's up to the individual. And maybe that's something that you could work on as a takeaway is finding your limits and, rec and learning how to recognize them. No, I'm definitely trying. It's funny that you talked about doing something restful last night because I actually, I ended up doing the same thing. So we got a severe alert for the area the other day saying, hey, chance of level whatever storm. Yeah. And so yesterday we we brought everything in. We broke down the outside because they were calling for pretty heavy winds and damaging thunder and lightning, things like that. So just as a precaution, because no one wants a deck pool flying into their neighbor's yard. But but I actively made sure that we that I slept out on the couch. Moif ended up sleeping out there with me too, but I slept out there because I wanted to hear the storm. Because I grew up at the beach and I would sleep on the outside deck, like our front deck. It was in, it was a screen, but I would sleep out there like during hurricanes and during storms and stuff like that because the calm after the storm is absolutely beautiful right? The sky, it just glows a different type 
the clouds are amazing shapes and you just have a tremendous respect for another mother nature. So I actually, I knew that the storm was coming and I was like, Hey, like, I really want to like sleep out on the couch. I want to have the windows open a little bit so I can hear the storm, hear the rain. And while I didn't sleep, I was up and down because we have a new French dog, French pool dog puppy who loves to play at two and four o'clock in the morning in between her naps. I was up and down with her playing with the rope and stuff, but just listening to the storm, like it was very relaxing. And I woke up at 6 15 6 20 this morning took football players to morning high school practice and came back and really got after it and felt like it was going to be a good day obviously we're here recording now so it's even better do do a little bit of work later hopefully but yeah so i i agree there are things and i've been working on physical therapy things like that my mental health there are things where physically i'm able to i'm taking those steps and then going down to florida and unplugging for two weeks i think is probably going to be the biggest benefit to anything that i've had in a while good good and as we start to wrap up, I think I would like to ask you, Taylor, if you have any suggestions for for our audience today, whether it's books to read, podcasts, listen to this one, uh, <laughs> really anything that you would like to share for the benefit of our audience today. Yeah, I think it's right beside me. There's a gentleman that, that I follow. His name's David Goggins. He is a U.S. Navy SEAL. He's ran, I think, two or three hundred mile races. Well, he has a story. He's got a book. It's called Can't Hurt Me. And it talks about his history and the challenges that he's overcame and the different types of mental states that he went through, like as a child, as a teenager, as an adult, as a active duty Navy SEAL. And being able to understand that and understand the warrior's mindset, right? And the way that he managed stress and managed situations that combined with some teachings from like Jocko Willenick and others, obviously I'm very heavily influenced by military leaders, grew up in a very military household. So for me, like I find a lot of appreciation ideas about stress management, stress relief from those types of individuals. So for me in the the veteran community, I find a a lot of valuable information from Jocko and and from David Goggins. What about you? For me, I think it was really, and it's a journey for me as well. I've had struggles my entire life. And I think taking the time to like reassess where I am has been very helpful for me whether it's in the shower or it's driving in the car. I find lately that I don't want the radio on. Hmm. No, no podcast, no audiobooks, no AM, FM, nothing. Just complete silence in the car. And I let my thoughts just go. And it helps me to really sort things out and or not, right? Sometimes there's just some certain things where I'm like, oh, why do I feel that way? And acknowledging like, is this real or am I making it worse? Cause I am, I'm left-handed. So I tend to be a little bit more like on the creative side of my brain. It just constantly goes, it doesn't stop. It leads to anxiety. I would say for anyone out there who's feeling a bit lost or overwhelmed down, whatever words you want to use, if you're not feeling quite yourself, you know, check in. Or if you know someone who's not check in with them and just listen, whether you're listening to yourself or you're listening to someone else. And 
give them that space or yourself that space to to evaluate and reassess where you are and what you need. And then I think to your point, Taylor, that you made before is like knowing what you need and recognizing it and, and then actioning it. And of course, always, if you need help with something like your manager, your spouse, partner, friend, family, colleagues, someone that you trust, know, and don't be afraid to ask for help. And there are resources out there as well. There's the Good Samaritans. There's quite a lot that's available and there's no shame in asking for help. I 1000% agree. And I think the, the thing that I would add to that is if you know that someone has certain social anxieties or that they're not comfortable audibly talking, text messages are wonderful. They're not intrusive, but they have a way of typically appearing when you need them most, right? There, there are times where I get a text message just out of the blue and it completely reverses the day that I'm having. I have a, I'm close with one of my former high school teachers. He's, he was really struggling for a while. I was checking in with him over text. And then randomly he texted me. And it was just a random book recommendation. And it, it literally, it just, it changed my day. It made me stop focusing on all of the things that I was worried about. And it gave me something to accomplish. Ooh, a new book. Ooh, a something to read, something to feel validated that I can complete and I can physically put my hands on because I am a very physical reader. I love books. So it gives you that sense of accomplishing something, finishing something, which when everyone loves that gold star, when you're done with something and the ability to put a, a book back on a bookshelf or to close that final page and know that you finished it, whether you enjoyed the story or not, I feel like oftentimes like everyone's like, Oh, did I really enjoy that book? That's like, but you finished it. And that's more important sometimes than whether you really enjoyed the content. And I would say the same with this episode of the podcast, like not everyone's going to agree. Not everyone's going to enjoy it, but you and I being able to finish this and talk about this and be vulnerable and talk about situations that we've been in over the last several weeks and even several years, it gives us a sense of accomplishment. And I think going into today and this week and the coming weeks, I think that we're going to feel that much lighter. Those text messages in between work and everything and scheduling podcasts, which I know Kayla and I have two episodes lined up and we're working with some wonderful guests to get them lined up as soon as possible. We won't drop any hints just yet, but just know that we're going to bring some unpopular opinions, some popular opinions, some leaders, and some practitioners to the table very soon. But I think all of those, I think, will really help us in the upcoming weeks and getting through this very warm summer that everyone seems to be having. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much, Taylor. And to all of our listeners today, you can catch Lockdown with Taylor and Kayla on ITSP Magazine. Thank you very much and have a good rest of your week, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Bye. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lockdown Podcast with Kayla Williams and Taylor Parsons part of the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to the ITSP Magazine YouTube channel, 
and share the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand to our conversations and our audience, visit ITSPMagazine.com to learn how to sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.